This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Mara Nitu, the Vice President and Chief Medical Officer at Riley Children's Health. Dr. Nitu, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here with you and uh, talk about our priorities at uh, Riley Children's Health. Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to what you have to say. I know you've got some fascinating things happening there, you know, and really it's such an important time right now for children's health and pediatric care, a lot happening in that space and and definitely a very important uh, patient population to care for. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? I um, am originally from Romania. I graduated the medical school at Carol Davila in Bucharest. Um, and then subsequently uh, completed pediatric uh, residency at SUNY at Stony Brook and spent one year uh, in critical care at um, Cincinnati Children. And then uh, joined Riley uh, Children's Health immediately after training and spent here my uh, last 22 years of career. Oh, wow. That's, you know, definitely a, a very um, fantastic kind of like um, journey that you've had in healthcare and then two to be in, in one place for 22 years and really grow and develop in the space. I can imagine things are much different now than they were when you first joined Riley Children's. You are very, very right about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Absolutely. And, and, you know, considering where we're at today, I know we've been through some challenging years um, with the pandemic and then just, you know, other um, areas that have been hard, both for children as well as um, the hospital and health system at large. So I was wondering, you know, could you talk a little bit about some of your top priorities today? What do you really see as being areas where you're spending most of your time? Uh, well, um, the this year, the top two priorities have been uh, culture and team building and um, specifically around team member retention and team member satisfaction. So that's one of the priority. Uh, the other priorities is um, patient, satis- patient and family satisfaction. The consumerism has made its way into medicine and uh, we are learning how to better uh, support the needs of our families and our patients. Absolutely. I think both areas are definitely spaces where, you know, hospitals and health systems across the country are are looking deep into those areas and trying to figure out what's going to work best for them um, and support their growth and development in the future. When you look at the culture and team building aspect, and especially that um, retention piece, is there anything that you've tried over the last year or two that's, um, you know, has gone well, or, or would just love to hear how you're thinking about retention and what you're doing differently? There are so many layers and so many different interventions. We are, um, it, it is a very uh, complex problem and therefore the interventions are um, multifaceted and at different levels. The one intervention that we um, found it to be most successful in terms of team member retention 
is to work with each to to devote a lot of time in uh, leadership development both for our directors and our managers and um, provide feedback from our team member real-time feedback from our team members to to the managers and to the directors to support them in um, connecting with their team members um, effectively and making sure that we hear their needs and we support their needs real time. Uh, that has been, um, I would say, probably the one intervention with uh, biggest return on the investment. From a physician standpoint, what we are trying to, uh, to do um, in terms of better building the team with various important members on our clinical team is we have um, an appreciation program in which you you are able to go online and drop a very quick um, appreciation note to any team member that you are working with and we are in encouraging every single one of the physicians to take the time to recognize not just their peer physicians but more importantly different team members that have um, done something um, great that day also part of our leadership development program we spent a lot of time on com uh, compassionomics encouraging our team members to show compassion not just for our patients and families but for each other and helping them to think about how that is impacting their own personal life and as well as the team members. It's um, very clear that one uh, who comes to work with a um, compassionate attitude uh, tries from that themselves. It's not just that you support the people around you, but your own personal development um, and well-being, it's, it's enhanced by that. So that is where we spend a lot of the time. And then specifically in the unit at the bedside, one intervention that has helped, and it's not an innovation, people have tried that before, is um, with, with good results, it's hot debriefing. So when there is a patient-related event, whether, whether it is an unexpected outcome or whether it is um, unexpected complaint, um, we, we try to use the hot debriefing methodology and encourage the team to, to get together in the moment and talk about the event as a team and learn from it. And um, many times that results in a better communication with the family. I love that. I think all of the things you mentioned there from the leadership and professional development and really investing in the team uh, to grow and build um, the next generation of leaders, as well as then looking at providing compassion and support for each other in addition to families, and then the debriefings as well. It, it seems like there's just a lot happening um, that really all point to what you summarized in the beginning of, of better culture and team building, and then focus on the patient satisfaction and consumerism. And, you know, looking at healthcare, obviously it will continue to evolve over the next two to three years. How do you see your organization changing and growing with the times? There are two things that we are trying to evolve over the next two to three years. And one of it, one of our biggest strategic uh, priorities are um, expanding on our statewide promise. Um, we um, are committed to meet patient needs closer to home and to 
to develop the mechanism, the, the infrastructure that is necessary to be able to provide uh, pertinent aspects of care uh, closer to the, to the home. So basically at this point in time, we are spending a lot of time in uh, looking to um, uh, ideal footprint uh, throughout the state and trying to um, develop the um, mechanism that we need to have in place to be able to, to be present there for, for, as I said, for pertinent aspects of care. Sure, there will be high-end procedures that will have will have to occur in the academic medical center and that is why we are here as a central location to be able to provide that but there are uh, many 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 aspects of the clinical care that can be can happen closer to home so that is one of the um, evolution we are uh, interested in supporting and devoting a lot of time to um, the second is to um, devote more time to understanding the social um, determinants of health aspects of healthcare and partnering with community uh, resources to be able to support the families on that level, such that we provide more of a holistic patient care, more focused on well-being rather than just disease resolution, uh, disease management. And um, of course, a big problem in pediatric uh, healthcare has been and probably will continue to be behavioral health. So we have our strategy team, it's working um, a lot on um, developing a statewide behavioral health strategy um, focused on prevention, uh, not just acute event management. Absolutely. I think that's so important, especially given all the um, challenges that the nation's children have been having, as you mentioned, with mental health care and behavioral health, you know, being able to really dig deep and, and have a program that's beneficial um, certainly, you know, seems like it would be um, very helpful for the community. When you look at that program in particular, um, what are you doing different in order to really find the solutions and, and work with the um, patients and their families uh, to, to bring them to a place where um, they're able to receive treatment and then continue on with a, a stronger and healthier life? Well, for the behavioral health strategy, the team that's working on uh, that has tried to partner with every single possible resource available in the state, including schools, including primary care network, including family practice physicians. And um, the strategy, the vision is that together we are going to, we are, the academic medical center will, will spend a lot of time and resources to develop that uh, best practice knowledge among all our partners throughout the state and um, to enhance the prevention aspect of behavioral health and or to um, provide necessary support in the earlier stages of the um, uh, challenges that the patient experiences such that we prevent evolution to the more severe uh, stages. And that's not to say that it's not important to also focus on acute care management. And we have strategy um, solutions that are devoted to that. But we believe that we will get better return on our investment if we partner across the, the state with all potential links that are going to play a role in patient care. 
I love that. I, I think that it's just a great strategy and, and definitely thank you for outlining it for us. And, and that will be helpful for our other listeners as well to think through those different factors um, and understand what a, a very significant program like that looks like. Uh, before we wrap up our conversation, I'm wondering if you could share what is one change that you or your team has made um, recently that's yielded some great results? Well, on that one, I think I will talk about the harm, the hospital acquired events and the harm coming out of COVID. So at the end of the um, epidemics, we've noticed um, an increase in our harm events, uh, specific eclapsy and um, pressure injuries, hospital acquired pressure injuries, multifactorial, probably enhanced by the um, challenges and the migration that we've all have experienced in terms of our workforce throughout healthcare, uh, but not solely linked to that. So to get a hold of this problem and to be able to get in top of, of it, we've launched two main uh, interventions that I felt had a huge impact on the outcome. Uh, one is um, uh, something that we call timeout, which is every time we have an event, the whole entire team gets together to talk specifically about that event and then to identify missed uh, opportunities. How did we deviate from the standard of care that may have led to that particular event? And uh, what is different from the traditional way we did these timeouts, the, in, historically the timeouts was something that occurred at the unit level and we had the specific people who were devoted to, to this, to preventing harm, met and talked about this. At this moment in time, what we changed, we made sure that we have um, strong executive presence for these timeouts. They always happened with the division chief present and with CMO and um, uh, ACQ, associate chief quality officer. And we've had amazing learner learnings that have derived from there with very, very specific gaps that were identified that we would not have discovered or, or figured out had we not been present throughout all this all these timeouts. And I'm happy to say that within a month, actually, we saw a, a positive impact and the impact has been sustained throughout the last nine months. And it's it's very rewarding to see where we are now from a harm standpoint and preventing harm, it's hard work and it takes perseverance and it's it takes attention to preoccupation with failure every day. And the team has grown and been able to, to, to provide that with this particular support. I'm very, very proud about the result of this. And meanwhile, in parallel, we are trying to also develop a predictive model to anticipate who are the patients who could be at higher risk to develop harm, such that we are trying to uh, get ahead of the problem, not just assess the um, uh, impact on a patient that has already been harmed, but actually preventing it from happening. And this predictive model has been uh, rewarding in the sense of uh, has been able to teach us several uh, effective ways that we can prevent harm. 
Well, that's fascinating, Dr. Nitu, and, and certainly, you know, it seems like it's a very advanced way to implement technology um, and, and um, do a lot of good in terms of finding those harms and connecting and have the leadership involved and certainly um, works wonders in terms of getting those rates down and, and having better patient care. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for inviting me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.